Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Did you hear about this uh, this girl on on TikTok? She's the, with the with the bad, the really terrible tattoo. No. So she uh, like they they open it opens with this like the story, and she's like, "I got this in May 2020." Yeah. No, I got this in March 2020. And uh, you know, it's like it's just it's just like I want you know to be true to me, and I don't want to you know pretend to be someone else, and it's like all feel good stuff, right? Like yeah. It's important to be yourself and like I've like, you know, I've come to that point in my life where like I'm just not going to pretend anymore, right? Of course, be true. Right, be true, be true to you. So she got this tattoo, mm-hmm. I think it was on her arm, and it said something like like courageously and whatever I will not wear a mask. No. No, and, she didn't. And, and 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 this is like this is before COVID. Right, so she she obviously got this thing like I'm not wearing a mask anymore. I'm gonna be me. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm be yeah. True to me. So now, so now she has this like, all, and then COVID hits, and then she has this big thing on her arm saying, "I'm not gonna wear a mask." So now she, like, I'm sure this was a really good feel good tattoo written Whoops. on her arm, but now she just appears as an anti masker. So whoops, super feel bad for this chick. Oh, yeah. oh boy, wow, that's a that's a doozy. Yeah, so, COVID's a something else. That did not that did not go well for her. No regrets. No, no regrets. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Welcome to the PP1 Podcast. We be doing it again. We're here for a fun-filled episode. We are brought to you by the Dean Blundell Network. We're proud to be here, and uh, we got some big stuff, big stuff coming up. We're going to be rocking and rolling this whole episode. We got Aaron Prochette. We got Aaron Prochette, people. (sighs) I'm just imagining like I'm at a concert or something. Um, we are giving away our first set of headphones, the MicroLab Bluetooth noise-canceling mm. headphones. They're amazing. We're both wearing them. Look at these. Look at these. You can press the button. I always get it wrong on what side, but that's okay. 
think I got it. I'm good now. And um, yeah, and we're gonna. I gotta check. Oh, I left my phone. I'm gonna have to look on. You might have to look on Twitter. We should be giving away a pair of those summer skates. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Do we have anything else to give away? I feel like we're just. We are like the new like Oprah, like giveaway well, center or Ellen or. Yeah, the new competition or not competition, but the new the new set for the second set of headphones is going to start right after we give these ones away. So yeah. we'll set out the list of requirements for those ones. Possibly make it a little bit easier this time around um, with a couple of opportunities to own some bonus, earn some bonus entries. Yeah. So first and foremost, I'm Ryan. I'm going to be the first person that you've heard today. Um, I'm, I'm have, I had a day off today. I uh, went to Player's Choice, picked up uh, picked up my my gear. Got a box of 92-93 Upper Decks, which I cannot wait to rip open. I might just stay up all night and do that. Um, and then uh, I I saw you for a COVID-friendly beer today. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is Ted to my to my left on my screen. Um, how was uh, your day? You had you kind of had a busy day. Like yours is a little busier than mine. Um, no, I don't know. You, you're the one that you went and got a haircut. You I did the kids up from school. I didn't. I didn't do those things today. The wife picked the the kids up from school. I just went and had my beer with you, and then yeah, we walked the dog. No, what did you day, do yeah. before you walked the dog and before the beer? Today was leg day. Oh, today was leg day. Yeah, and so that um, sucked. Check your check the IG, folks. This kid is ripped. <laughs> um, I'm I'm embarrassed to be in the same room as you sometimes because. I know I can't compete. I just can't. It's just not going to happen. So you should. Well, you'd have to join me next time. Yeah, you know what? That uh, that I can do. Um, I mean, if we've got our, our like home set up, but at the same time, um, I, I do have to be true to the COVID. So um, you know, but yes, I would. I would definitely like to come and uh, show you up, and you know, be the man that yeah. you think that that you should be all the, all the good things something like that something along those lines yeah so um yeah what are, are you ready to rock this we're gonna we're gonna get aaron in here in a second huge canucks fan and um i, I don't think we could have any more fun than just chatting some hockey with a, a music dude like himself yeah. yeah let's do it roll the track okay here he comes hold on guys with a hat on oh, yeah. though no, no, no lucky hair. There's the lucky hair. I thought we were going to get lucky the hair. hair right there. Woo! Love it, man. That's quite the do. <laughs> I know, right? That's quite the do. <clears throat> Good for you. Younger. Does it just decide which way it's going to go on any given day? Yeah, if I just push it, it just does what it wants. <laughs> it's got a life it. of its own. Wicked. It does. It's got a total mind of its own. That post when you were watching the uh, the Canucks game was hilarious. Oh, which one? You you were like sitting there like this, and then you were like, "Oh yeah, just sing." Your hair was doing the thing. Ouch! Yeah, and then my wife was like, "Oh my god, his poor wife!" And then and then like seconds later, your wife comes into the screen and she's like, "Oh my god!" So I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> she had just finished wiping her eyes too. Jesus, <laughs> that's great. You got appearances <laughs> to hold up though. That's how it works. There you that's go. That's right. There well, you I'm go. Here. Let's let's get her going. Woo! So he's. <laughs> He's hyped. Everybody, Aaron Pritchett. Is it Pritchett or Pritchett? Oh, you're bang on, Pritchett. Everybody gets it wrong. They always say Pritchett or Pritchett or Pritchard. I've even heard American thing. 
Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I was a kid, my uh, my buddy Steve, who I played hockey with, his dad was our coach, <clears throat> Steve Boulay. He used to call me bird shit, which was pretty cool when he when he calls my house and my dad answers. He's like, uh, my dad's like, it's for you. <laughs> How'd you end up with that nickname? Bershit? I don't know. He just came came up with it. And I, I guess, you know, people used to call me Pritchett and then they're like, ah, Bershit. But uh, Pritchett. It's like Corbett. There you go. So for all those people out there, if you don't know, this is where you get spoken to. This is where you learn. We're, <laughs> we're, we're an educational podcast. So right. we, were, uh, we were just, before you got here, we were talking about uh, the ever famous and unsuccessful reverse retros. Um, did you buy one? Uh, no, and I'm not gonna. Attaboy. You know what? I wasn't that big on them anyways. They kind of reminded me of those ones from the late uh, 90s, the yeah. salmon-colored ones. Yeah. Mm. Sort of like that, and I was, I was never big on those. But uh, I like the retro ones I came out with last year, so the, the old flying skate. So I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be getting one of those. But I have a, I have a flying V, which, oh. or, yeah, yeah, the V. Yeah. Um, no way. I got one last year, Patterson. Got to get beautiful. Was that the the one that they wore in the warm up? Uh, was it the one? That, I'm not sure if they wore it in the warm up, but I was I was at a game and uh, went downstairs and saw it, and I was like, man, I got to get one of those. So pick me up one of those. There you go. I picked a good player too. So we were just talking about that, like the V, I think, because any of these retro jerseys that they've brought back, whether like the Millionaires or um, obviously this one, the um, uh, the original that this one was based off of. Um, even the skate to a degree, like they never win in these like special retro alternates. And we all, like, we all want like the skate. I think everybody just wants to be their normal Jersey, but they just, they don't win in them. And I mean, I, I would, and we'll get into this in a bit, but I'm assuming you've been a Canucks fan for quite a long time. Um, there you go. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty fickle on this issue and, uh, you know, we all know what was going to happen and it did the exact thing happened that we thought um maybe not as bad as we thought but um regardless i I guess they came out today saying that they will never wear these jerseys again so good they got one (laughs) thing they got one thing right this year yeah yeah they got one one thing right this month for sure uh yeah you know what they i I wasn't i mean they looked all right but i I mean it's it's just basically a marketing ploy i get that Mm -hmm. they want to sell more of these and uh, there was nothing to me there was not much retro about them except the coloring but other than that even the uh the mix of the colors to me the only retro jersey you're gonna get is either the the flying skate or the the v or uh or the original you know rink with the stick and that to me because I, I was born in 1970. I hate to date myself, but I was born in 70, the year the Canucks came in. And I thought back in, in uh, 2011 that, you know, we're going to the finals. It's the 40th year and, and we're going to win and it's meant to be. And it's my 40th year here. And everything's just the stars are aligning. And I couldn't have been more frustrated <laughs> with game seven. But uh, the uh, to me, the jersey that always belonged I don't know. To me, anyways, is the is the the rank with the skate in it? It just uh, seemed to fit the best. If you're going to go back to a retro retro style jersey, yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, I love that on your Twitter account. You're you're repping a Canucks jersey. It's got your name on the back, and then you know, you, you don't see that a whole lot. I mean, the fact that you're out there repping the do you own a bunch of jerseys? I mean, you said you have the Flying V. Are you a jersey collector? Is that kind of one of your things? Yeah. I, I, 
I've, I've always loved jerseys, but something happened uh, back in 2000, uh, 2008. I was touring with Toby Keith, and we went on a Canadian tour. And every city that I went to, um, the, the, for whatever reason, the WHL team and the um, uh, OHL team and whatever teams were whatever city we were in, you know, Barry Colts and, um, and Swift current Broncos and all these teams, they, uh, they wanted me to wear their Jersey on stage. I guess Toby wouldn't. So I said, yeah, of course I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I started collecting these jerseys and they all gave me official, uh, game style. I mean, pretty much a, it was a team Jersey with my name on it and everything and wore it out there after every show and, and, uh, or at, uh, at near the end of every show. And I just started collecting them. And and then the Canucks one was kind of funny because I'd done the anthem at the Canucks game probably 10 or 11 times before, I think, as a matter of fact. And it just so happened in 2012, it was my 12th time. And they put a 12 on the back of the jersey for 2012 as well as, you know, my 12th time. And uh, it gave me the jersey before doing the anthem. So I walked out with that and, and, and kept that as a, as a cool memento. But I, I also won a jersey that night before I went and received my jersey from them, which I didn't know they were giving me in the first place. But I, we went to Sharp Club across the street, and uh, my buddy and I. And I just had a feeling. I just knew I was going to win. For some reason, I bought this uh, just a random uh, raffle ticket and looked at the number and thought, I'm, I'm winning this. And I knew it was, it was a jersey. They gave me a choice of either a Chiefs jersey uh, from Charleston Chiefs from Slapshot, yeah, which yeah. also happens to be my favorite movie ever. And uh, and this this other, it was a Sedin jersey. So I said, I'm taking the Henrik jersey and... and uh, went off to the game with that and thought oh, I get to wear my new Canucks jersey and they gave me one so it's just kind of cool and been kind of collecting ever since and then it just so happens as a side note uh two years later I was playing in a golf tournament up in Smithers and uh uh the Hanson brothers were there oh, I was wow. on their team and we we played a golf tournament and had a hockey game with uh Bobby Orr and, and Dan Hamhus was one of the co uh presenters for the the game and uh, but the, I was on the Hanson brothers team and uh, so I got a jersey automatically a Chiefs jersey. Oh no cool. way! See what, what are those out? guys like? Oh, they're beauties. They're you know they're they're older, so they've definitely slowed down. And a couple of them played pretty high level hockey. Uh, I don't think uh, maybe one of them played in the NHL for a really short stint, but uh, uh, the other two were you know they're they're their plugs down in the a or or east coast league or iron league or whatever it was and uh but they were good they were they're all kind of big fighters and and um bangers and crashers so it took a toll on their body so they went out for a period and did their shtick and everybody laughed the crowd laughed and then they got behind the bench and and goofed around uh, as coaches after that so it was pretty cool it was a really good good bunch of guys and bobby bobby Orr, wow I mean, he's taken a lot of flack in the last little while, obviously, with his stance it's on politics. It's a tough year for Bobby, yeah. yeah. But as a man, uh, I, I, I was expecting him to be really aloof and quite, you know, distant from all of us. And first person we greet as soon as we're walking into the small little rink in Smithers is Bobby Orr. He's, hey, I'm your coach. And, and it was pretty cool to be able to have that. And I mean, I played hockey my entire life. And if I wish I could have been a hockey player before I could, you know, be, before I ever wanted to be a singer that's for sure so that still runs through my blood and and to meet bobby Orr, one of my kind of childhood heroes was pretty uh i was awestruck no kidding yeah that's um 
that's my my dad it's his guy bobby are growing up and i like as i started to learn about hockey and kind of get into it like the bruins at the time and we and i mean it was kind of a canucks family but i wasn't really into hockey at that point as in like my eight nine ten kind of thing and um so like ray bork and cam neely i started watching like wow these guys are pretty good and dad kind of liked the bruins from back in the day and then my cousin's like you gotta check out this pavel burry kid that was the end that was it (laughs) And then, and then my life's been ruined ever since. So it's, uh, yeah, Pavel. Wow. He was I mean, unreal. He, I remember 93 when, uh, he was, it was sort of, uh, if you're, you remember, you might have read about it. When were you born? In the uh, 90s? 83. Oh, 83. So yeah. you were like 10 when Pavel came into the league, uh, nine or 10. And, and, uh, he, um, I think it was then he, uh, there was some controversy behind actually Pat Quinn, Pat Quinn, Quinn, uh, drafting him because right. he went really late mm-hmm. and uh they're like i don't think this guy's available he but wasn't eligible they, really, they thought yeah they thought it turned out that i guess he was or whatever came into the league and just you know he he was unbelievable from the first game and i went to the second game that he played and it was just as soon as those jets turned on man it, it just electrified everybody it was like you know it was, it was like a mcdavid of today in comparison of speed to everybody else. That's a good way of looking at it. I like that. You just know it, right? You know, you know, he's got the puck. And I got to say, I'm a huge McDavid fan. Love McDavid. Edmonton, sure, whatever. If the Canucks aren't in, which doesn't look like they will be in the playoffs. Nope. Uh, I'll be I'll be rooting for Edmonton only because of McDavid and even last night you know he's he's got the puck with an empty net and he's looking for somebody to pass to him like he must feel bad that he's that good <laughs> yeah he's just so far ahead of everybody else that yeah. he's just and anybody oh uh, all right I mean he's that kind of guy like you know he's not selfish but he might as well be <laughs> like yeah no one's gonna yeah. fault him for it I think we've got you know we we've got some guys that are on Vancouver that are, uh, you know, electrifying in their own right, but man, just not a good mix right now. So let's get into the heavy stuff then. Yeah, here we go. Um, and I, I wrote all these questions, so, uh, I'm very, very topical, very catchy. (laughs) So, so, uh, Aaron, should the Canucks blow it up? Is it worth a shot? (laughs) And I'm done. Thank you. I don't get it. What's the reference? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think so. Uh, I met a bunch of them last year, uh, the current Canucks. Um, I know Jake, but I, I, I met Greener last year and I met a few other guys. Um, I, you know, like, I, they're really good people. And aside from that, you know, you, you look at what needs to happen. Our ownership has always been kind of suspect. And, you know, in a, in a way, they're kind of standing pat on on some of these uh decisions that they have to make but they have to look at it like okay well we can either keep what we got right now and just you know play our superstars a little less and just bottom feed i mean that sucks to hear but at the same time the shortened season there's a lackluster season you know people these players don't like playing with no crowd for most for the most part some teams can rise right above it uh others can't the canucks are that way but i think uh you know the it might start with coaching. Um, Benning might, I, I guess that's probably where it would actually really start is with Benning. Uh, he's had seven years and hasn't, you know, he's he's really great at drafting. And, and if you remember back before Benning came in, they said, this guy knows his scouting. He's an incredible scout. And he, he definitely was. Um, and that's the only thing that's really shone in, uh, in his time as, as GM. 
uh, as a general manager, I guess he just isn't able to do the job. So maybe it's it's time to bring in an actual general manager and maybe even keep him on as a scout because look at the look at the players he's drafted. Um, aside from uh, you know deciding to sign Louis, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> besides that. Really, he's made some pretty pretty good uh, decisions on who the, the you know the players should be on the team. Um, those players are pretty incredible players. The system's a little mess, so you're gonna have to look at the coaching. Uh, whether or not Green can actually turn this around and go, okay, let's let's strategize a different system and see if the guys will play it. Who knows? Maybe we might be able to manage 20 wins for the rest of the 30 some odd games there are. Uh, chances aren't really that good, but. Uh, um, and then aside from that, I mean, there's some obvious trades, I think, that need to be uh, explored or at least thrown out there. And as much as I love Jake, I've known Jake for quite a while as a person, and um, but he's at, he's at home. Yeah. He's too comfortable. He doesn't feel like he needs to play, like, in a way. I know he, you know, he's, he's got a good salary. He's got, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's at home though. He's, he's close to his friends and family. Basically. It just feels like he's comfortable. Yeah. Not on purpose. Right. It's just just that you get into that level of complacency without even knowing it. Right. And that's just it. I mean, he's, he could be playing in, you know, MSA arena in Abbotsford. It probably would be the same sort of, uh, mentality. So I think he just needs to change the scenery. Jake's an amazing player. He's a big dude with wheels, for to no end um and he's actually got some pretty slick mitts too when he when he gets to use them uh but always being put in a defensive role or for the most part uh you know he's had to learn how to play a lot more defense than you know use his offensive skills um you kind of lose that touch and you lose that uh it's it's all about confidence and i think he's lost a lot of confidence so he's one uh there's a few other guys too that that uh i don't know i think could be Definitely on the uh, on the block here in the next week or so. So I think like I, I think you outlined like a lot of guys that could possibly be on the move. I mean, uh, you know, the Jake Fortanans of the world. I think we all know that we'd like to see guys like you know Louis Erickson or, or or Brandon Sutter potentially moved. What about names like Alex Edler or Tanner Pearson who are on this roster right now? They're contributing. They're they're important parts of this team. Yep. Uh, but their their contracts are kind of coming to an end. What would you do with guys like that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to look at the guys that are, are going to be the free agents. I mean, we've already screwed up with free agents this last past season, uh, postseason. Yeah. Um, and obviously with uh, Toffoli, you know, we all understand the Toffoli thing, Tanev and Markstrom. And then Levo, I mean, as much as Levo, Levo would sure look better on a third or fourth line than a Roussel. And or, Stetcher's you know, gone too. Like, it's just Stetcher. all over the place. Yeah, and you, you lose, you lose uh, so many players that were part of that uh that that key element so yeah i, I don't know edler's edler's always been one um i've never met him but uh from what i understand he's a he's a he loves vancouver and really wants to stay so, yeah. but so what uh really when it comes down to it i've never been a huge edler fan and he's thrown some big hits but he's he, he constantly coughs up the puck and you know that's always been an issue so i i would say try and get rid of these guys before uh you know well, around the deadline, I guess, or sooner, maybe throw them out now <laughs> without uh, sounding pretty obvious that uh, they just, I think it's their, their times come as well. Um, and they're, you know, they're through the, the green sort of experiment of the last however many years, six years, seven years. Um, and uh, maybe it's time for them to move on and get, you know, we've got so much young 
there's so many young players right now that really young players under 23, 24, and uh, a, a large number of them that are so talented. Uh, I think they need uh, a few more players that are, are you know, Edler's an older statesman, but an elder statesman. Um, but he, uh, I don't know if he's, he's helping those new guys uh, come around as well as another player would, you know, if we could trade for something. So I, what I kind of wonder, and Ted, I'll bring this to you as well. This year was a shock, getting rid of who they got rid of. They got rid of their MVP in Markstrom, and I, I'm, I've come around and I'm willing to apologize. I think they should have made that work somehow, and I know he would have ended his contract in his mid-30s, but at the same time, he's probably going to perform at least to 33. He might taper off a bit, 34, 35, but you're still getting consistent goaltending, and at some point, you have to make a move on one of those two guys, and they did, and I think it probably is the right move, but at the same time, they probably could have bought themselves a handful more wins and probably for next season as well. Um, but that that's a whole other thing. So they lose Markstrom, they lose um, Tanev, Toffoli, Stetcher, and Levo. That's a big shock to, A, the culture in the room, the camaraderie, the leadership, all, all the mentorship, all of those sort of things. So if they do that again going into next season, even though we're in this shortened um canadian only division where you know and it's everything's exposed because like we have nothing else to do so we're analyzing this so much heavier but if they were to go and blow it up which might not be the end of the world but you know keep the core as much as possible and they bring in let's say colin gets a chance towards the end of this season um you know they'll probably have to quarantine him obviously um let's say like a guy like lucas yasik gets in sounds like he's absolutely ready nhl ready as well as uh, I think Jack Rathbone played his first uh, Comets game tonight. He had three assists. Trent Call said it's the yeah. best guy he's ever seen walk the line. So, I mean, again, those are all promising players, and I think we're all excited for them because we all pay attention to the farm team too. But if we, if and we, if the Canucks sacrifice and they go and make big trades, hopefully get some picks, even though that's not Benning strong suit is recouping picks, if they were able to do another change, do you think that's too wholesale of a change altogether in two years? Like, what does this team then look like next year, regardless if they have, even if they have a better roster, what does that look like going into next season? Like, are they really digging, you know, are they starting from the bottom up again? I think, and personally, I think what happened was, is they let these guys go. They didn't replace them with anybody. They, they thought, well, we'll look within. We'll look uh, further down. We'll, we'll get some of these younger guys up. Hope Lander, obviously, who's who's going to be a stud. He's yeah. still struggling to find his feet and legs and, and mind in the game of the NHL. <clears throat> but look at the jump he had to make, and I think he's doing all right. He's still going to be great. But they didn't really replace them with anybody. They didn't trade for um, at least I think that we'd be able to go, okay, well, we tried it. We at least traded these guys for something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the farm system is really good. Pug Colson. I mean, if he can, uh, if when he's not injured and when he can finally get into the game here, I think he might have a really good chance of being a, uh, you know, a second liner for sure. Um, but anyway, the, these other guys call in, like you said, get them, bring them up. But I think there still needs to be uh, a couple of trades that, that need to be made. Get rid of a Roussel. Get rid of personally. Uh, I mean, he's he's got a lot of piss and vinegar, but at the same time, he's not producing much. Jake needs a 
change of scenery. They they have value. They I think they still are valuable to a team. You know, Pittsburgh could use a Roussel, I think. Anyway, um, and there's probably lots of other teams out there who go, yeah, we need this guy. We need a fourth liner grinder, fourth liner grinder that can actually uh, put the puck in every now and then as well. But you know, still dig the puck out of those corners for us. And and Roussel's that kind of guy. If he's got the other teammates around him right now. He, he, he doesn't, I don't feel. And so there's, there's a few guys on the team that have value that still could be traded and, and, uh, and, and create a new culture. That's kind of what they should be saying to these guys. It's, look, yeah, it's shitty. We lost these. Marky, I'll be honest. I, I I wasn't really too worried when Markstrom left. And Demko was the guy that was basically, you know, gonna gonna fill his shoes and then fill his skates. And then having Holpe come in, even though Holpe's kind of in the twilight of his career, I didn't think it was gonna be much of a problem. You know, they both of them have struggled, but look at look at Demko last night. I mean, if it wasn't for him, it'd be seven nothing, really. Okay. And he he stepped up. So I, you know, I think what it was is um, it, you look at things like you talk you talk about culture, but you talk about friendships. Tofoli and Miller, I think, created a bond between each other as friends. It just kind of got each other's hockey mentality and probably really really good friends off the ice as well. So you lose your buddy, and then all of a sudden you just you know you're you're. you're he's a few years older than a lot of these guys like Patterson and um, you know. And even Bo, uh, uh, Besser, yeah. Brock Besser, you know, he's still a few years older than him and has had some ex- a lot of experience. Um, so he's probably a little. Uh, he's that's probably why he's struggling in my mind. He's he he has lost some of his co- hockey culture, you know, within the room and within uh, even off ice with with friendships. So I think if they promise them and they say to them, "Look, we want to help create a new culture," as opposed to, "Well, we've lost the culture and it's kind of gone, and we're just gonna." I don't know, flounder around in this water until we either sink or finally find some land to, to climb up on. Let's create some new culture in here. And, and it starts with that core and keep those core and everybody else pretty much is expendable. Ted, what do you think? Yeah. You, I'll give I you five he, seconds. No, I think Aaron, <laughs> I think Aaron nailed it, right? I mean, the reason why a second turnaround or a ter- second turnover on roster works, Ryan, is because the roster that left along with it left the culture and the roster that's here, the culture's gone. So it needs to be reset. It needs to be rebuilt. I think the players know that too, right? I mean, uh, you know, Aaron was talking about Toffoli leaving in the relationship that, um, that he and Miller had. I mean, I think a lot of these guys lost something when they watched a stature walk out the door and a Tanev walk out the door. Um, and even guys like Levo who were really important to this bottom six, right? Um, that has to go. It has to be completely turned over to these young leaders that are on this team uh, because it is their team. Right. And I think they have to, um, you know, they're going to be forced to move on from guys like, like, like Sutter and like Erickson, whether we would want them to go or not. I mean, we do, that's obvious. Right. But those guys aren't getting re-upped. I think everybody knows that. And I think that this is literally just, it's, it's the turn, the linchpin before this whole thing gets moved over. And, and the one result that has to come out of this is just like Aaron said, it has to be culture. It's the next regime essentially. Like kind of like yeah. when they got yeah. rid of Hanson and Burroughs, that was almost kind of the those those final straws in in that. And now they're they kind of had the transition period where everything was kind of up and coming, you know, rebuilding, if you will, small small R, not big R. 
And um, now we're finally at the point where this is that next team where they're finally found that I well the initial identity and then they build on that. So um, yeah, it was the like the West Coast Express, right? It's, yeah, it's coming coming exactly. to its end. It was a great line for a long time, but there was two guys right, that course. were waiting there ready that were that the team was ultimately going to be theirs, and we yeah. all knew that, right? So. so a trade happened and Luongo came aboard and all of a sudden it was three franchise players that turned the franchise around. Exactly. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't bring you here to just talk about hockey. I mean, <laughs> you're, you def, you definitely swing with the best of them. That's for sure. Um, you've had some fun stuff. We were talking about your hair when you got here. Um, let's let's two questions based on this past week. Cause I think they're both very topical. One, yeah. what is with that eggplant? You, you, you. <laughs> it just so happens to be. <laughs> oh, <excited. gee>. yeah. <laughs> so the eggplant is. Uh, no, well, we were allowed to swear, but like, yeah. but like a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of those uh, frustration foamies. So uh, tell me about it. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty phallic. Uh, it's a bit of a phallic. <laughs> I oh. saw that. Like, oh, oh man. Like, is that a like where do you where do you go with that like i saw him think what what i showed my wife to him like there's the eggplant don't know what to, i don't know what to say <laughs> it's she better, yeah it's better than showing you this this is uh my thermometer okay <laughs> but i put it in my mouth <laughs> i hope it, i hope it's i hope it's an oral one not a it is, uh, yes. Geez. Or both, if you want. I, yeah. Okay, what? Temperature is temperature. Exactly. How, how you get it, you know. It's, if you get the same number, that's all good, I suppose. That's so. right. That's um, right. Second question. Once you remove your, your hat there, um, and you, you had your lucky hair, you always kind of think, is it lucky hair? What, would you be willing to sacrifice the lucky hair if it meant that the Canucks could go on a streak and just sneak in the playoffs? <clears throat> would you shave it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without wow. a doubt. Would you do it today? <laughs> I'm just kidding, you know. That's uh, probably not where we need this to go. Like how about well, if they win more than one in a row? I'll shave it. Done. Look at look at this. Look at more this. More than one in a row. So more than one in a row and you'll yeah. shave that thing off. If went two in a row. Two in a row. Oh my god. Aaron Pochette will shave his head. This is this is why people listen to us. It's not for our 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 you know lackluster hockey takes. Like, and you've got a good mop there. Yeah, you got a you got a set of hair because I I like the the in game floppy hair. <laughs> well, the, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the wave. Remember, I did the wave last night. There we go. There you oh, go. That swoop. That's yeah. uh, what was that movie? What was that uh, Disney movie? Trolls. So you talking about trolls? No, 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 no. There was one uh, with Paul Walker that was in it. The dudes or, or the doodles or something like that. The doodle box. Oh, no, no, I can't remember what was it. It was with. Know, it sounds the, like a. It sounds like a movie that probably like, everybody watched, though, Ryan. Uh, it it is. It was. Shut up. <laughs> there, look at that. Look at Jeez. that. That's an Ace Ventura swoop if I ever it, saw. It was pretty good. Absolutely, I'm gonna find it. Ted, you find something interesting to talk about. I gotta find this movie right now. Oh man. So you mentioned earlier uh, anthems you were doing. I didn't know that you had done so many Canuck anthems. So that's really cool. Um, it looks like it's possible that another spot has opened up on the Anthem squad, the Anthem roster. Does it look like there's probably going to be more Anthems for you in the future? Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? 
I sure hope so. Um, I love doing the anthem. I know uh, a few other singers that don't like doing them. It's too much pressure. Really? Yeah. Uh, they don't like the pressure of, of having to get these lyrics right every time. And I, even though we all know it, we've all sung it pretty much our entire lives. Uh, even before I go out there on the carpet, it's like, okay. And you got to make sure you get it all right. And that you're singing in the right key because you're doing it a cappella with no, no accompaniment of music at all. And right. uh, so it's a little stressful, but I did uh, the anthem. This is a little, a little, um, this is a little secret information. <clears throat> I'm not really supposed to tell anybody this, but uh, I did the anthem twice at the Blue Jays games at, uh, well, Sky Dome. It's been called forever. Yeah. At yeah. Rogers. Yeah. And, right. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, you pre tape it. So two, three months before, I go into a studio, I do the uh the uh national anthem acapella no sometimes the american anthem step up to the microphone of rogers at the stadium and uh it's all pumped into your ears so you just you just mouth it and that's it was the craziest thing because you get too much slap back and you can't hear it properly my mind then, is blown uh, yeah it's but at, at uh, rogers arena it's all live and you don't want to screw it up no kidding <laughs> no, yeah not in that arena either they're pretty hands-on well, they'll let you know especially so if you I, always uh, skate around and trip over one a... time one time i have to admit in 2011 uh just before the playoffs had started that I, I did the anthem and i was so close to singing at the very end of it uh uh something about i was gonna say uh we stand on guard for the uh oh canada but i was gonna sing oh oh um uh, it was a Christmas long, tree. Oh, be a Christmas tree. tree. Yeah, it was going to be a tribute to uh, uh, to Roberto Luongo, and I thought oh, I might not want to do this. What were you going to say? How are you going to say it? I was. I'm just trying to think about it. It was like uh, for oh, Louis. Yeah, but it. Uh, oh, Bobby Lou. Oh, Bobby Lou. That you know what, and you know, if had you done that, like you, you would have been talked about for a little while. Probably would have, yeah, for a little Good while. or bad. There's never bad publicity. But I look at it this way. I never would have gotten my jersey with the 12 on it. That's for sure. They never would have uh, asked me back. They're like, you know what? Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. But You know, you know how many people would have given me just major shit for, you, you ruined our anthem, eh? You know, it would have been crazy. There's a, I mean, I think right now that would be a lot tougher, right? Cancel culture. There's a lot of that stuff going on. That would be a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. so maybe maybe right now, but I mean, I, I would like to see more anthems. I think more anthems in the future would be a good time. I work with a guy named uh, Mitch Carefoot. I don't know if you know Mitch. I know Mitch, yeah. Yeah, um, he just, he sent me, you know, a, a picture of you and, and him and, and Carrie Price singing Carrie an anthem Price. at one of the tournaments here in town yeah. in, in Kelowna. Obviously spent a little bit of time here. Mm -hmm. What's uh, What kind of stuff do you get up to when you're down here? Well, I lived there for about six, seven years uh, up on Clifton. I was on Clifton Road. Oh, that's where Ryan is right now. Oh, really? Just, I'm nice. up in Wilden. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was on Clifton before Wilden was even uh, a thing back yeah. in 07. To, uh, I lived there till 2013, 20, something like that. But uh, I love Kelowna. I've got lots of friends in Kelowna. Uh, it's it's kind of, it was my favorite city in BC for a long, long time, I have to admit it. And I say was because I live in Nanaimo now. And as much as people think uh, of Nanaimo, that's a great you have to live here to know what Nanaimo is all about. When you're, when I'm saying I love Kelowna and I will live in Kelowna again, I'll have a place in Kelowna eventually one day. 
Uh, but I absolutely love Nanaimo. I mean, everything's here. You're on an island, but it's uh, everything is everything you need is here. Um, and five minutes from you know the downtown core of of Nanaimo is you're outdoors. It's pretty awesome. So, just bought a place here. Just renovating the place right now, and and uh, and loving Nanaimo. I'll be here for quite a while, I think. But I'd like to buy a condo up in in Kelowna because I love Kelowna. I miss Kelowna big time. That's great, man. I grew up uh, in Campbell River, so just down the road oh. from Nanaimo. So I'm an island boy. So I totally get what you're talking about. How did you end up in Nanaimo of all places? Uh, well, it's kind of a long story. It's about an ex, but uh, she moved to Gabriola Island. Sounds and like a I song. Was, <laughs> yeah, believe me. Uh, I haven't <laughs> written that song. I don't think I'm going to. But uh, she, I lived in Vancouver, in the Vancouver area, kind of born and raised there, more or less. Um, and uh, she moved to Gabriola Island, which is right across from us in Nanaimo. And uh, uh, I thought, well, her parents moved there, her grandparents, her sister, brother, her whole family moved there. So that one, well, I got, you know, I'm going to move over there too. So I did in 2012 and, uh, or 2013 after Kelowna and, uh, and then ended up staying there until 2018, moved here into Nanaimo. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. It's just, it's that Island lifestyle. Like I, I joke about it, but it's, it's just so like, it's calm. It's like, it's Island time, but you know, West coast, British Columbia version. So it still has that feel to it, but it's, I don't know, like we all love BC. So, I mean, I really don't care where you live in British Columbia, like British Columbia rocks. Like we have, we have everything here. Everything. Everything. Yeah. BC is like the most diverse province anywhere. And, and most diverse landscape for a you know an area of uh, a jurisdiction for for um, anybody. And proud to be from BC. I lived in Kitimat for a long time up in the old Shitimat when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, but uh, I grew up. I, I kind of lived my you know younger grade three to six or seven. So I spent a, a few years up there and just you know it's pretty amazing really different from even here but here is different from vancouver vancouver is so different from Kelowna. it's just every everywhere is very diverse in bc it's got a little bit of everything it sure does uh-huh. um ted are we gonna do dudes and guys this this week or are we gonna just i think we probably should why not yeah i i, I prepped it too much we're running no out of time? no no i just want to make no, sure no. we uh you know, we don't bore you too much. So no, no. Let's uh, let's get into dudes and guys. Brought to you by Players Choice Sports Cards. Uh, you and I were there today, Ted. It's happened in place. We're going to be. Uh, I think they're hooking us up with a spot for uh, Upper Deck Series Two. Hoglanders rookie card is going to be in there. So you're going to want to pay attention to that because we will definitely be giving away a spot. Um, dudes and guys, Ted, do your thing. <clears throat> so dudes and guys is a little segment we have here obviously it's sponsored by players choice but the deal is is that over the course of the week we have a dude that's played for the canucks and a guy that's played for the canucks and a guy is just like it sounds just a guy i barely noticed him maybe oh, yeah. he was maybe he was terrible maybe he did something really shitty maybe it was just he was really stupid uh you just hated his game um so that would be your guy right and if we're going to pick dudes you know, who exceeded expectations, who stepped out, who carried the play, who looked like the real deal, who was the dude, essentially. So we usually started off with the negative route first, so we'll take a dude first. So if you had to take a dude for this week's set of games, or sorry, a guy for this week's set of games, who would your guy be? Just a guy. Just a guy. Just a guy. Oh, I'd probably Tanner Pearson. He's kind of, you know, he's been there. He's, you know, you hear his name, but he's not doing much, you know. But he's... 
and he's got so much talent. His his uh, history is is well documented on how good of a player he actually is. But he's just not not finding twenty twenty one's not being good. It's kind of streaky, hey. He's like, he's like, yeah. he's one of these guys that uh, that coaches call like a like a low maintenance player, right? But then sometimes those low maintenance guys just get lost in the shuffle a little bit. It seems like they're not doing anything from week to week, and I, I definitely see that from Pearson this week for sure. Nice yeah, pick, sure. nice pick. Can I go next? If, yeah, sure. I got one because I've been Aaron. So unless you take mine, then you can't. Thankfully, go. Brady is not here right now, and I and I say that very you know respectfully lovingly he's he's stolen a few of mine in the last couple weeks and like (laughs) i had great things to go anyway so my uh my guy the week is brandon sutter is that who you had dead no so he hasn't been terrible but i'm sorry if you're getting breakaways to the ilk of a connor mcdavid type we talk about mcdavid if you are all alone multiple times and you are not making those goals happen if you are not transitioning from shot to goal like what are you doing like that those aren't hard to score you make one little move you've been you're an nhl you're an nhl player and you're getting paid like one a good one and you can't score on a breakaway against the edmonton oilers it's mike smith he's a gong show he is an absolute gong show sure he played for team canada great you know (laughs) was was he really on team canada though no so how how do you not score? Like every guy on that team should be Jake Vertan, and he gets that. Well, maybe this week not so much, but even Jake, you know, you're gonna probably Tyler Mott would have buried that. Tyler Mott would have had two of those. So Brandon Sutter, I'm sorry, bud, you're my guy of the week. You got to score some goals. I agree. I'm just I just wanted to say too, you know, you see him on the especially on the PK. He's he's got the puck and he's going through guys with the puck. To you know, to get it to that, he's scoring shorthanded goals, and you get a breakaway, clear cut breakaway. And that, like that, was a gorgeous breakaway. Yeah, that that was a great opportunity to at least get on the board. Sadly, we did not score at all that game. <laughs> yeah, he seems to get chances too. Like every he's game, he's streaky too. Yeah. So, who's your guy? Uh, my guy of the week is is the rooster, Antoine Roussel. Man, I'm just I'm sick of this guy's game. He's not doing anything out there. I feel like I barely see him skating. He was that guy, I feel like a few years ago that had like this untapped playmaking potential. You could like move him up up and down a couple lines. Uh, but then he's out there doing stupid shit, right? He's like just random cheap shots, punching guys in the face behind the play, like possibly warranting suspensions and and you know, it's just a bad look, especially when we're in, you know, this crazy division where we're playing teams over and over and over and over again. Like we're going to see the Oilers a bunch more times. And if he's out there taking liberties with guys like that, and it's like legit cheap shots, I mean, we can expect somebody to take a cheap shot on a quality player on this roster, which I don't want to see. So really boneheaded move. Roussel, you know, I'm sick of it. Guy this week. Good call. You know what? When you see those moves that he did on Puyarvi last night, you know, he, throwing the mitts and punching a guy, you know Puyarvi's not going to fight. What are you no. doing? Like, what kind of a that, – that's that's a bonehead AHL move. If, if even that – usually wouldn't happen down there yeah i'm, I'm as surprised as you are and he's pretty much a guy yeah you're supposed to be smarter you're supposed to be smarter than that antoine yeah oh well all right fun part this is this is what everybody looks forward to this is where you get to throw praise and it's tough to throw praise this week but uh aaron you get uh you get dips oh i get to lead yeah okay. why not i mean you're the guest you're yeah i mean you could go to the obvious ones i guess but uh um uh... I'm I'm still sticking with Hoaglander, Hoglander, Hoaglander, Hoagie, Hoagie Hogletorp. 
as I call him. Love it. Uh, he uh, he's he's showing he gives a shit every night. He's going out and he's playing as hard as he can. Really, he's he's going at things instead of and trying to go through things as much as uh, around them. So it's it's great to see he's he's giving it as as one hundred and ten percent, and eventually he'll get on the sheet. Um, I'm hoping, <laughs> but he's still learning. I mean, you look at the jump that he did, like I said, from the league he played in last year to what he's playing this year. I mean, that's a, that's a major jump, but we see like we did with Pedersen, he can do it and he will do it. And, uh, I think he's the guy, sorry if I stole anybody else's, but I think he's, he, he sort of stood out to me the most. You knew when he, when he was on the ice. That monster hit, was it on Russell? Oh, yeah. the open ice. Didn't it? Did it remind you of you know that scene in the Matrix where they everything slows down, and they jump at each other, and they're shooting? Like it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I was trying to find like a GIF online. I'm like, I need to find it, and then I just stopped looking because it took too long. But yes, and Russell right. knows how to throw. He it does. Head. Yeah, that was a massive, massive hit. It was like these. Uh, it was the battle of like the sturdy short guys in that play, yeah. right? It was like <laughs> these two fire hydrants flying at each other, and then Hoaglander went full Homelander on him, and it was over. <laughs> You finally got your laugh, Ted. You got your laugh on that one. It took a couple days, but that's okay. Um, I, now, this is a, a terrible, terrible comparison, but I think there is some resemblance there. Does Hoglander remind you guys a little bit, and again, take it for what it's worth, but like, kind of like Ovechkin in his, as far as the reckless, not recklessness, but just the way that he approaches basically every player, the way he approaches the puck, like he's just kind of like you're saying Aaron like he's gonna go through somebody I just find like he's so just energetic and he's willing to throw his body around a lot like Ovechkin did and I would probably say in the not his first two years but probably the you know third fourth fifth years where he was almost reckless with his body a little bit but he basically would just like a bull in a china shop but he would still score goals Hoglander hasn't done the goal scoring part he's got a few but I find like they have a similar style as far as how they crash and bang. Do you guys see that at all? 100%. Yeah, yeah I do. Definitely. It's, you know, it's like a, a part of him doesn't play positional hockey. He just goes to get the puck to score. And I mean, he does play positional hockey. They have to, but to a degree, you kind of see him just running around going anywhere he can to, you know, try and pre, uh, Preset where the play is going to go or try and think about how he's going to score a goal and whether he has to go around somebody or through somebody or over somebody he, he will and yeah Ovechkin definitely was like that or is like that still <laughs> yeah this this level of reckless recklessness I think in a Canucks uniform I think the last guy I saw do this was maybe like and it's funny too because he's wearing his number but he reminds me of Yannick Hansen on the forecheck um, you know, Hansen was bigger and obviously just about everybody's bigger than Hoaglander. Right. But it is, it is, he's flying around. He doesn't give a shit. Right. He's putting himself into some weird spots. So I do like fear for him from time to time. Um, but I also don't know if we are like giving enough credit to the fact that he spent the majority of his time in the NHL already playing on Bo's line, which is always thrown the toughest defensive assignments too. Right. So not only did we ask, like you said, Aaron, ask a guy to come in from the Swedish elite league and then just jump into the NHL. But we also taught, t- asked him to take on the toughest minutes too. So I'll be interested to see how it works now that he's playing on that sort of pretty boy line uh, with the other two blonde guys on this roster. Um, that handsome line with all the dangles and the big shot, right? So he's going to get a tougher defensive or a, a tougher checking assignment. Like he's going to have better defensive players slotted up against him, but he's not necessarily going to have to go against, you know, the other team's top scorers all the time either. So I'll be, if this line sticks for a little bit, um, I'll be excited to see what it can do. Yeah. 
Do you want to do? Do you want next up or what? Uh, yeah, I can take next up. So you're going to take my. I know who you're going to take. But I don't know who you're going to take. I mean, if it's Temko, you can you can have him. I think he was great this week. But I, you know what? I think if I saw anything in the last couple of games, it was that Pedersen was finally starting to let that one T go. Like it was set up on the power play, and he was just letting it go. He was launching it. Um, hit a couple of hard posts again. He's just like he's Tony Stark out there, man. He's just Infinity Iron Man all the time. So eventually, those are going to start going in, right? That's a ridiculous rate. But earlier in the season, we were seeing him double clutch a little bit, and then maybe make this weird sort of cross crease pass, and it looked like a possible like old school sitting, you know, deflection shot deal. You know, but I just want to see him rip it, right? And and he's finally doing that a little bit, and I think it's just going to start to come more and more for him. So he he'll be my uh, my dude of the week. He's got such a wicked flex too. Like we all know he can shoot. We've all seen him score. They're yeah. ridiculous. Every single time the puck goes in the net, you do feel bad for the goaltender because if you get in front of that, it's not going to feel good. I I can't imagine anyway. So good pick, good pick. <clears throat> Thanks. Um, I am going to take Thatcher Demko. I was quite thankful that you left him there for me. Um. If we don't have Thatcher Demko, this team is that much worse. He was bubble Demko, I would probably say, in his last two starts for sure. Um, He has no support, and he's essentially having to carry the team defensively, which we've said it about Roberto Luongo when he was first here. You know, Roberto can't shoot 200 feet, so he can't score and make all the saves. Demko doesn't have a, a wicked wrister from 200 feet out, so... You know, he can do one job very, very well, and that's it. He can't be asked to do absolutely everything else. Um, some of those saves, I mean, you could probably talk about 10 different ones from last night, and they would all be legitimate to talk about for the next 10 minutes. It was almost Mike Smith-like. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. I mean, he, he played shutout hockey. He just didn't have a team that could, you know, help him get the shutout so sadly it was a reverse shutout in his case but um yeah and he he's playing he he is actually playing extremely well like you said he's making the big saves and then he's not getting the uh not able to get the second chances because he's you know the team doesn't pick it up and take it down the other way and the the frustrating thing to me is that two things is it did you notice you know their passes actually three things their passes everybody's whiffing on their passes a lot and they're trying to overpass on a power play or even when they get controlled and, you know, in, in the offensive zone, they're trying to pass too much, but then w- when they're doing it, they're, they're whiffing a lot and they're falling a lot. I mean, there's just so many different things. And not only that, like I said, the other night in my tweet that you might've seen, you know, hit the net. Somebody mm-hmm. hit the friggin' net. Don't just go for corners, go for rebounds. That's what I was taught when I played, you know, Go. You either you either keep it as low as possible and look for a rebound, a kick out, or something, or or a pad save that comes out in front, and you get those guys in front, and and, and everybody's looking for a tip, and the shot's always really high, or it's right at the guy's chest, or it's off, it's you know a foot off the net. That's what's really pissing me off. And then they come around, turn around, go back the other way, and Demko's getting forty plus shots a night and saving the majority of them, but can't save them all so yeah it's unfortunate and that's that's if we had some you know if we had some support up front with some goals and getting some shots and keeping it as basic as as possible and just you know following through with all these getting rebounds getting at least shots on net and quit passing i've seen so many times uh, uh even um 
Miller was in front of the net last night. He had just gotten a puck and nobody's around him, but he thought, I can't get it through, you know, I can't get it through Smith. So I'm just going to pass it off and goes back to the defense. I'm like, why didn't you just take a shot? You know, and that's, that's what's really pissing yeah, me That mentality is just, it's broken right now as, as yeah. a team. Like it's, and I think it's when, when you are a broken team, we can all see it that, I mean, before their, whenever their last couple wins that they got, you could just tell, like, nothing was going right, but it's, it's like that cloud. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you're clutching the sticks harder, you're, you're trying to skate faster, and you're making mistakes because you're rushing things, and, you know, eventually things just kind of slowed down a bit, and you could tell when things were going well again, and I think they're going well, it's just, they're having, again, some of the worst puck luck. It's, and it's, it's a season, I think, if we can all agree, it's okay to write off a season. I mean, it's not like they're not trying, but at the same time, like call a spade a spade at a certain point. And I think that's where we're at. So, you know what? Like no one's going to, I mean, plenty of people will give up on the team. That's, that's a given, but you know what? They'll be back next year. They're going to, are, are they, are they going to give up on themselves though? Are they, you yeah. know, I wonder what they, they have culture, you talk about culture, but you talk, talk about these guys are a family for, I look at it the way I, the way I am on the road with my, band and crew and everybody we're a family we're a group and we're, we're tight-knit that's our road family and we're good friends off of you know off the ice for us um i wonder if those guys are too and i wonder if it's getting to demco and holpi and you know who's blaming who and if any of that's happening you're going to lose that culture and you're going to lose that friendship and people are just going to be there will be that okay this year's a write-off we're who cares i don't even care about you scoring and yeah, if they score on me, I mean, it's it's a it's a matter of pride individually, but I wonder if as a team, how much pride they have right now, and how much friendship is going around if it's getting to them. Yeah, man, just like winning is contagious, so is losing. Yeah, right. I mean, look at look at the Oilers. I mean, that's been going on forever. There was one playoff or in the one playoff playoff season there, and then it was right back to right back to square one, and it's been like that for another couple seasons, right? So, yeah. You got to get to the point where you got to start thinking positive and not, it doesn't matter if I score because we're going to still get popped one or two anyways, right? Does that happen to you on the road? Are you, do you, do you go on the road and shows and tours when, you know, a member of your band or a member of the crew has a, has a bad, a bad show or a bad week or something like that? And it's like, everybody works to pick them up. What do you guys do? No, I, I don't think it's that. We always know when somebody else is having a bad night or had, you know, a, uh, just hit a couple notes here and there bad. It's more about the crowd. So if we go somewhere and there's, you know, 5,000 people and then the next night there's only 2,000 or you go and have to play a club because that's, you know, the only gig in between. There's only 150 people there and, you know, you're, you're doing the same show, but it's always the same amount of effort. We don't we don't uh, we don't take any nights off. And for us, there is no there is no competition. We're not competing against anybody and losing and, and feeling dejected all the time. But I've been there and played hockey enough and at a high enough level where when you're losing games and your team is just not gelling and yet you've got so much talent, you're questioning everybody else. Like what, what's going on right now? And you're sometimes you're afraid to talk to the coach. You're, you're afraid to talk to the, your good buddy who's beside you. Who knows what's happening? So, uh, it's all a matter of just uh, uh, making sure that everybody's on the same page. And sometimes, you know, as personal as that sounds like it is, it, it really, you have to get personal with these guys in order to get the best out of them. And who knows what's happening? Like to me, JT Miller seems like something personal is wrong. You know, he is frustrated. You guys are angry. 
He's very angry, and there might be something from. Maybe he just hates playing to nobody. Maybe he hates being because he's from the states, isn't he? From New York, I think, or uh, I think he's he's, he's definitely an American. I don't know what uh, what state he's, he's from. from Anyways, regardless, you, you know, you're you're playing in a city that there's, I don't know, who knows what's going on, but but that's up to the rest of the team to help uh, each other, and you get through it. You figure out, okay, what's bugging each of us. Um, I'm playing as best I can, but I'm, I'm not getting there. I'm gripping the stick too much. I'm getting frustrated. Well, let's, you know, let's find a way through this. And that's what we do as a band and crew. If there's a problem, and I've always said this for 25 plus years, when you have, when you have a, a, a toxin or a poison in the group, uh, you either figure it out or get rid of it. And that's, that's basically what they have to do as well. Well, Aaron, we've come to that time in the show where uh, we call it shameless plug. Okay. Uh, so I'd like you to just take the next minute and tell me what's going on with Aaron Pachette. What, we, what, uh, we did have a question, Steve uh, Fisher, and I think oh, somebody they were asking about uh, when when are you going to be touring and hopefully Cologne and basically when are you coming back. Yeah, I saw him uh, ask that question before. Uh, hopefully soon. I'm up in Kelowna a fair amount when I when I can when we're allowed. I'm in quarantine right now, actually. Have been for a week and have another. Uh, well, I guess we're out of here Thursday, so. Um, uh, as soon as everything's anything is lifted and I can come there and play if, you know, there's somewhere to play. I know the corrals closed down now, but, uh, my buddy Andy and, uh, Tim who own it, uh, hopefully they can find another little venue for us to come to and maybe do a social distance, socially distanced, uh, performance, but I don't care. I'll busk. I'll busk down on the water. <laughs> I got a backyard in a pool that you can play. We'll have beers for you. We'll hold one. We'll talk okay. to Mitch. We'll we'll get Mitch to set something up there. That'll work. Sounds yeah. good. So yeah, so fill us in. Uh, what's 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 going on? What's what can yeah. you promote? Well, like I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm in quarantine, so I've kind of been out of doing anything. I've been working on a house, which is good. I'm just trying to pass the time and 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 build this beautiful home that I'm I'm going to be living in eventually, uh, hopefully by August September. But and trying to entertain people. I mean, that's that's what I do. I've I've always said I'm not the best singer. I'm not the best songwriter. I'm not the best musician. I take pride in my entertainment, and I like to entertain people. Period. Uh, so when I'm not playing and doing live shows, I'm, you know, trying to find ways to entertain them. And that's, you know, right now is bought a house and renovating the whole thing and, and try and keep people, uh, sort of entertained. So other than that, I've been, um, I've been producing, uh, some music with my son, Jordan, who's, uh, he and his, his, uh, girlfriend, well, fiance now soon to be daughter-in-law, uh, Danielle Marie, they have a, a group called Cross Parallel and, um, the two of them are also producing with me, a friend of ours album. And uh, we just worked at the warehouse studio in Vancouver and not to drop names, but I don't know. I got to drop a name. It's Brian Adams studio in Vancouver. And, oh. and uh, Brian actually is there right now working on his no album. Way. So, yeah. He came down every day and said hi and <clears throat> checking in on what we're doing. And then uh, we go back in March, end of March to work more on that album a bunch of different songs for different uh, artists all in the same family. So uh, aside from that, I'm, uh, I'm looking at, I'm doing some writing, songwriting, working on my own stuff. 
and uh, hopefully have a single out in the next oh, six months or so. And get this career going. I'm 50 years old, but I still feel 25, and I look 51, which is good. But uh, you know, you got you got the hair of a 20 year old, so <laughs> and it's all my color. That's my yeah, and it's exactly it's got color. So you got something yeah. going for you. The beard's a beautiful one too. So yeah, the beard, yeah, the only gray I got. I'm beard. I'm jealous of that. I can't grow beard to save my life. Well, Aaron, you uh, you said that you take pride, obviously, in being an entertainer. This has been a very entertaining episode, so we really appreciate having you on, and we uh, we we are very thankful that you took some time out of your day to come on the show with us. Well, it's my pleasure, and as long as you guys aren't saying, thankfully, that's over, then I've done my job. <laughs> no, we I've been looking forward to this all week. If hey, if those two wins happen, we're gonna do an emergency <clears throat> little cast here. And we're gonna we'll we'll get I will do it right in front of you. We'll get you know, maybe get your wife to do it. You do like a a buzz or something. I've done it myself many times. Okay. Because ten tens of dozens of people listen to this show and we wouldn't want to disappoint. (laughs) That's like me, I make dozens of dollars right now. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, thanks so much, Aaron. Uh this I mean, it's been a blast. This has been a lot of fun. That's awesome, guys. Um, it's nice to talk talk shop and obviously, you know, pick your brain a little bit, get to know you. And uh, I know everybody's going to be excited to listen to this. So on behalf of Aaron Prichette, and I got it right. Yes, my, you did. My, my buddy Ted below me on the screen. I'm Ryan. This is the PP1 Podcast. Congratulations, Gary, on those headphones. We're going to get those out to you. DM me. Um, and we got those summer skates to give away too. So we didn't have enough people. So we'll have to do that maybe tomorrow. Um, this is the PP one podcast. Have a wonderful evening. Peace out. Thanks guys. Peace. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of that nerd dad podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.